We glorify you in this place. And Father God, now that we're here, we thank you that your presence is here right now. You said you will never leave us, nor shall you forsake us, God. So God, we don't have to beg you, God, to come in, God, because you are already here. And now that you're here, God, healing is here. Peace is here. Joy is here. Love is here. Everything we need, God, is here right now. So we receive, God, right now, manta from heaven in the name of Jesus. Because, God, you said that Jesus is the bread of life. He is the living water. So we receive that right now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, God, that as I open my mouth, God, you have already filled it, God, to give your people, God, everything that they need. Because I have, we have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I, it's no longer us, Father. But it's all about you, God. God, in you we live, in you we move, in you we have our being on today. So we thank you, we praise you, and we glorify you right now in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah. Before I go into the teaching, I want to make a correction from yesterday, Marriage and Singles Conference that we had and I thank God for the conference that we had yesterday and um, I always use the illustration dealing with Humpty Dumpty how Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall Humpty Dumpty had a great fall and we know how the king horses the king men could not put Humpty Dumpty together again but I use that illustration to let everybody know that Jesus God he can put us together again whatever is broken God can mend so In that teaching, I said that Humpty Dumpty was in the Bible. No, he's not in the Bible. I'm correcting it. I was trying to say it's reminding me of what I'm teaching about what God does. I bring correction because one little thing can throw somebody off from listening to the whole word of God. So when we know what's being said or somebody bring it to our attention, we have to humble ourselves. And we have to bring back correction so it won't um, take people away from the word of life. Amen. I want to continue the teaching from Father's Day. And the teaching I did on Father's Day was a man who represents the father. But now I want to talk about representing the father. Because I believe that all of us need this and all of us need to know how we represent the father. Amen. So let's go back to St. John, the 14th chapter. And I'm going to begin at verse 7. St. John, the 14th chapter, beginning at verse 7. I will um, be reading out um, the King James, but I will refer some to the expanded Bible. St. John, the 15th chapter, verse 7. 14th chapter, thank you. St. John, the 14th chapter, verse 7. I'm hearing my husband over there in my ear. Thank God I'm hearing his voice, amen, because somebody would say, dang, where that's at. Get rid of the attitude. We're working it out. St. John, the 14th chapter, verse 7. The word of God says, "If If ye had known me, ye should have known my father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. And then the next verse says, Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the father. And it suffice us. I'm going to stop there on that verse because we're going to go through each verse as the Lord permits. So you may be seated. We're going to talk about representing the Father. We talked about that represent means to speak or act on the behalf of. 
All of us that are born again, we should be representing the Father. We should be revealing the Father. So here is Jesus, and he's, he's going to refer to what Philip have asked him. But in the beginning of this, this is what Jesus said. If you really knew me, you would know my Father too. So what Jesus is telling him, I'm in the Father, and the Father's in me. We are one. So if you know me, you already know the Father. Because Jesus does not do anything outside of the Father. We as the body of Christ have to get in position to know the Father. And knowing the Father, we make him known. We reveal him to others. And we're not going to do anything outside of the Father. It's so many of us that say we know him, but we really know about him. We know about what somebody else have said about him, but we really have not developed our relationship with him. When we really develop a relationship with him, we will cut out the middleman. We will cut out all this foolishness. We will cut out all these grudges, all this unforgiveness, all this he said, she said. It ain't about what he said or she said. It's about what God has said. So if we can um, get to know him the way he needs to be made known, marriages would change. Relationships would change. Your attitudes on the jobs would change. Everything about him is good. And it's very good. There's no evil or wicked way about him. Everything about him is love. Because the Bible said God is love. So how can I say I love God and don't love my brother, don't love my sister? That's out of order. That's not the God that I supposed to know. How can I say that I can't forgive you and God forgave me? See, we say we really know the Father, but I beg you to differ. When when you know the father you don't hold things in your heart because God has given us a helper he has given us the Holy Spirit to remind us who we are now that we are in him so Jesus said if you have knew known me you should know the father Jesus knew that he had such a connection with the father that he's not going to do anything outside of the father do we really know that we have such a connection with with him that we're not going to do anything outside of him we're not going to say anything that he would not say do we have that connection see when you get to know him and know who you are in him you can live a life according to him and not according to you this is why Paul said I have been crucified with Christ Paul made this a reality he let people know the life I live now in the flesh I live according to the faith of the son of God he said everything I do is representing the son of God it's not representing Paul I may not like what you say I may not like what you do but I'm gonna do what the word of God tells me to do we as the body of Christ have to get in a place no matter what comes out against us no matter what people say we should not take offense we should not walk in 
strife. We should not walk in animosity or resentment, which is ill will against our brother and sister. We should always go to the word of God when we don't understand and say, Father, open my eyes to the wonderful things out of your law. Lord, enlighten my heart, God. Open my heart that I can see, God, what you see. Reveal unto me what need to be revealed. Thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge of you. Thank you that the eyes of my understanding, the eyes of my heart is being enlightened today. So I will know what is the hope of your calling. What is the hope of your calling and the inheritance that's in you that you have given to the saints. And then exceeding greatness of your power towards us. Now that I'm in Christ Jesus. So when we asking God to do this, what we're doing is saying, God, I'm not making this about me. I'm making it about you, God. So Jesus had so much confidence in who he was being in the father that he could say to Philip, if you know me, you should know the father. When you know the father, it don't matter what people say about you because you know who you are now that you in the father. That's who I used to be, but this is who I am now that I'm in him. It's no more about me. It's all about him. I am an of God, but I'm a joint heir because of Jesus Christ. I am joined to him. I am one spirit with him as he is. So am I in this world. See, when you get all of that in your heart, it don't matter what people say. You don't have to say anything with what they're saying when you know that you know that you know, because when you've been with him and you've been so intimate with him, come on, you go to another place. You go from glory to glory glory to glory that means you go into the third heavens right where he is God I thank you that I'm right where you are I'm not where I used to be the old life I used to live it died God I'm gonna live this new life that I have in Christ it's all about the new life it's not about who I used to be or where I used to go it's all about you God I'm gonna let my light shine so they can see your good works. So you can be glorified. God is not about me. It's all about you. In you I live. In you I move. In you I have my being. So you can talk about me all you want. I know who I am. So I'm not going to be offended by you. I'm not. I'm not going to be upset by you. Because that's the old me. The new me is going to love you with God's kind of love and say, God, forgive them. They know not what they do. They know not what they're saying. So, Father, I know you to a point of it don't matter. It don't matter. When you know the Father, just like some of us know our earthly fathers, we spend time with them. We sit down and we share things with them. We have conversations where if somebody come against your earthly father, you say, "Uh uh-uh, you can't talk about him like that. You don't have a right to talk about him like that. And then you begin to tell him how good your father is. 
You need to get to know how good he is before you cut him down. See, you don't understand his language. That's why you coming against him. But I spent time with him and that's not what he meant. He may say it this way, but I know what he meant because I spend time with him. The more time you spend with the father, you come out of head knowledge. It becomes some heart knowledge and then it becomes revealed to you and to some revelation knowledge. It begins to illuminate. Light begin to shine upon the word of God and you saying oh that's my father my father's in the house so Jesus knew him for who he really was Jesus has such a oneness with the father he'd been with the father him and the father was one matter of fact he was God see you got to make this relationship with God so personal that people will not be able to take you out of your place. No family member, no husband, no wife, no children, no animals, nobody will be able to take you out of your place, your position, the position you in with Christ. So Jesus said, if ye have known me, you should have known my father. Jesus is opening it up right there for his disciples. He's letting them know, if you've been with me, you've been with the Father. So we have to get to know him. We have to get to have that relationship with him in a way that he's known. Now, after all this was said, he said, and from henceforth you shall know him and have seen him. So Jesus was letting them know, he said, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. Now, after saying all of this now, come on. After Jesus said all of this, Philip had the audacity to say to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father. That is all we need. Come on. Some church folks are just like that. But I'm going to let you know where Philip was coming from. See, Jesus was around Philip. And, you know, he had a flesh body. Philip saw the things that Jesus done, but he didn't look at Jesus and the Father as being one. So what Philip wanted, he wanted something spectacular. He wanted Jesus and he wanted the Father at the same time. He wanted two individuals, but he didn't recognize their oneness. That's just like I was teaching yesterday in dealing with marriage. Marriage, the purpose of marriage is oneness. It is unity. That's what God was creating. With male and female, he was having them as one. That's the purpose of marriage. It ain't no more me and my husband. It is us. We're one flesh. We're one flesh. When you see him, you see me. You can't leave me out when you see him. You can't do it. That's just how when we um, get married, and I was talking about how when that father walked that bride down the aisle, when that father get up here to this altar, What he's doing, he's really sacrificing his daughter. He's really giving her, turning her over to that man. So once he give that daughter to that man, he sits down. He have no more right over that daughter. Because he gave all right to that husband. Women, y'all better know who y'all fathers are giving you to. And fathers, you better know who you handing them off to. Sometimes we hand them off some fathers because they don't want to feed them no more. They don't want to be bothered with them no more. So they just hand them off and say, take them. You take care of that mouth. 
You take care of that stubbornness. You take care of that because that ain't a child of mine. Now you handle it. Don't call me and I won't call you. So sometimes them fathers is coming down that aisle smiling with all 32. Because they're ready to get rid of them daughters, but not all of them. So once he hand them off to that man, guess what? That man is right here. Is he not? But once that father bring that bride to that man before he does, the, what, what does the uh, pastor say, the preacher say? Who gives this woman to this man? And you hear the father say, I do. And you hear the mother sitting there and they say, we do. But who's standing with the daughter? The father. The father is giving that daughter to that man. And once they say, we do or I do, then the husband takes, y'all see he moving. He was right here. But then when he give him off to the husband, the husband's taking his position and the father sits down. The father has no more authority over that daughter. That authority goes to that husband. That means that husband and wife leave and cleave. That means they're joined to one another. It ain't no more mama before husband. It ain't no more daddy before wife. It ain't no more your parents before your mate. Your mate is the one that's before them now. See, that's why everything is tore up in a marriage because a wife will tell the husband, you ain't telling me what I can't pay for my parents. See, all that should have been figured out before you said I do. See, that decision got to be made by both. So this is how it works. God is looking at oneness. He's looking at one flesh. So Jesus knew he was one with the father. So once that bride um, say I do and both of them say I do, the name change. You That maiden name, uh-uh. You go by that husband's last name. That's who you're known by now. So your social security card changes. Some of you ain't even changed it. See, you separated right there. I'm hearing something. You ain't changed the social security, you ain't changed your license, and you ain't changed your address. You're still separate in that household. Come on, somebody. Somebody doing some screwed up stuff. Everything's supposed to change. Even your bank account's supposed to change. Yes, it does. How would he feel? He go in the bank and my bank account say Amanda Walker and he going in there and say, I want to get some money out of Amanda Bryant's account. They say, we don't have an Amanda Bryant here. See, I done changed stuff so he can't mess with my money. We take on the same name because we are one. That's why you need to know what family you marrying into. You need to know these things before you jump in, in a family because you think that they okay. Then once you get in that family, you find out, ooh, one bubbles. I did not know. All of this was drama was going on up in here. Now you got to deal with it. So this is why, just like a husband and a wife, she take on that husband's name. She take on his name. That means that husband is the head. Why is he saying this? Because what? Jesus is the head. Y'all better get how stuff line up with the Bible. Jesus is the head of the church. He's the head. The husband take headship, not rulership. 
That means he don't dominate that woman. He is in a headship position where he's protecting her. He's loving on her. He's cherishing her. She is his body. He's feeding her. He's loving his body. So he's going to love his wife the same way. Come on, somebody. It's dealing with the church. That's why he lines it up with church. Jesus is the bridegroom. Guess what we are? We're the bride. The bride is the church. He's coming back for his bride. And the bride got to be without spot or wrinkle. And that's why I say many members but one body. One again. So Jesus knew his oneness with the father. That's what we got to know. When we know that we're one with the father. And we are joint heir of God. An heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Guess what? Here's the kicker. Everything my father has, it belongs to me. Because I have an inheritance because of Jesus. So when we know these things, Jesus knew these things so nobody could tell him any different. Just like I know that whatever belongs to my husband belongs to me. Don't be dipping and tripping with me in no bank. Because I know what my right is. I come to withdraw from this account. Well, who are you? I'm his wife. Show me proof that you're his wife. Boom. What else you need? Boom. What else you need? I go get the marriage license. Boom. Now give me the money. You ain't going to give up until you get. Come on, women. Come on, come on. Rosalind, you ain't going to give up at that bank until you give me my money. Give me my money. No, that's your husband. No, we're one. Come on, we're going to have service up in here today. In the beginning, hey, we'll have a whole sermon up in here today. It says that that man's supposed to leave his mom and daddy. Take mama off that account. He's supposed to leave and cleave. He's supposed to be joined to me. What is mama doing on that account? Hello? My name ain't um, Lucy with authority. Honey, are you on your lunch break? Yes, honey, I am. Meet me up into the bank. Sure, honey, I'll meet you there. Let him sit right down and get comfortable. Could you tell me what that say? Humble spirit. Lucy Bryant. What's my name? Say my name. Say it. So why is Lucy on this account? Well, before we got married, mama's always been on my account. You ain't married to mama. You married to, I'm, 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 this is Bible. See, if I'm married to Jesus, that's the first one I'm supposed to be married to, not that man. Come on, when I, when Jesus asked me to say I do, Come on, when he asked me to say I do, I had to say it out of my mouth, didn't I? Didn't I? I had to know that I was forgiven. I had to know that I was redeemed. I had to know that he laid his life down for me. I had to know that he rose on the third day. And then I said, I do, I do, I do. I accept you as my living and risen Savior. That's my first love, see? See? So this is what I do. I got to get to know him. The way he want to be made known. Some of us know about him, but we really don't know him. 
Just like we go into a marriage with each other and think we know that individual. But the more we stay with them, they're being made known. They're being made known that they were not clean like they say they were. They being made known that they don't take care of a home like you thought they did. They being made known that the car that you set in that was clean and ain't clean no more. They being made known. But now that's your mess. See, sometimes we jump into things so quickly, but we know about them, but we don't know them because we haven't spent enough time with them. They only showing us what they want us to see. But see, the father is not that way. The more time you spend with him, the more he began to reveal himself in a way that you never known him before. And you saying, oh, father, you begin to moan and groan. Oh, father. Sometimes people wonder what's going on up in there. It's just me and the father. Because the father have your moaning. He have your groaning. The father begin to open up the word. He begin to enlighten you. You begin to walk the floor. You begin to talk about stuff with him and say, God, I didn't know that. For real, God? Then you begin to shed some tears because he begin to whisper sweet nothings in your ear. When you're so heavily burdened and you feel like you can't make it, you go shut yourself off with the Father. And the Father begin to whisper in your ear. And he said, I'm going to be here for you even until the end. He said, trust me, daughter, with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but acknowledge me in all your ways. And I'm going to direct your path. Can you trust me? today can you lean on me today he said daughter cast your cares upon me because I care about you he said I want to lift that burden you don't have to carry it roll it over to me today and then you begin to see your burdens rolling so that's what he want us to do because we know we can we know that he can take it all we know as C.C. Wine and say he never lost a battle. When you know he never lost a battle, you know this battle has already been won. Before it even came to your house, it was already won. Before it knocked on your door, the victory was already won. Because you know what he did. You know your father in that way. But see, Philip, this is our problem just like Philip. Philip wanted to see something so spectacular. He wanted to see something so great. He wanted to see God himself like he was seeing Jesus. How many of us want something so spectacular before we know it's God? Instead of, instead of taking the word for what it is. God, I don't have to see you move no mountain to know the mountain already moved. God, I don't have to hear no thunder to know that's God speaking. Because that's what happened to Elijah. Elijah was waiting to hear from God and there was a wind. He wasn't in that wind. There was an earthquake. He wasn't in the earthquake. There was a fire. He wasn't in the fire. But Elijah heard a small, still voice. And when he heard the voice, he went up to the mountain and he wrapped himself up in a mantle. And he was ready to hear God. See, God don't always come the way you think he's going to come. Every experience with him is not the same. 
You can't live off that same experience you had before. Like when people get a high, they try to find that same high. And it's hard for them to find that high because they're looking for that. But the more time you spend with God, no matter which way he come, even if he says nothing, he's still there. Even if you hear nothing, God, I know you're still here. I don't need to feel no warmth. I don't need for my hairs on my arm to flare up. God, I don't need a moving and a shaking, but I know you're still here. So, Father, speak. You got to know that God is still here outside of a rumbling and a tumbling. See, in church service, we feel like if somebody don't fall out, he ain't in the place. We feel like if somebody ain't speaking in tongues, he ain't in the place. We feel like if somebody don't holler like you do, he ain't in the place. He ain't touching them. God have a different way and different experiences of doing different things. He's going to meet the person where they are. They could just be raising their hands with their eyes closed and God is giving them a glimpse of heaven. And then the next thing you know, tears are rolling down their cheeks. And the only thing they can do is say, thank you. Thank you, Lord. And it's a silent thank you. But you can have someone that has been through so much and God touched them in a way that they were not able to cry before. And all of a sudden they feel a rumbling on the inside and they feel like they got to get it on the outside. And it's a wailing that comes because God is bringing something up and out. See, when you know him. You're not looking at something so extraordinary to say he's been here. You know that he is here. God wants you to know that he is here. And that's what Jesus was saying. If you have known me, Philip, you should have known the father. But Philip had something in his mind that it had to be this way. This is how it was with Naaman. Remember Naaman, he went to get healed of his leprosy. And as he went to get healed of that leprosy, Elijah just spoke the word, told him what to do, and went on about his business. Naaman got upset because Naaman was full of pride. He felt like he has won so many great wars and you should come out here and put your hands on me. You just don't give me a word and turn your back on me. And you don't tell me to wash in these dirty rip that dirty river. You should have told me to wash over here. See, pride was talking. But then God had somebody to speak to him that was up under him and told him, if he told you to do some great thing, see, it had to humble him. So he went and done what God told him to do through Elijah. If he saw Elijah, he was seeing God because God was using Elijah. And he dipped seven times and he come up clean. So God is saying, If you spend time with me and you really spend time with me, you're not trying to spend time with me to feel a moving and a shaking. You're spending time with me because you want to know me the way I want to be made known. Not the way you want him to be made known, but in the way he want to show you himself. And God is reminding me of Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas was... On a journey and they was going from place to place. I'll say from nation to nation. And they were revealing the father. They were revealing Jesus death, burial and resurrection. They were speaking the gospel of the kingdom. He came upon a girl that was that had divination. And this girl that had divination she was saying who they were. 
Paul got annoyed by her and he said, you come out of her. That spirit of divination. When that spirit came out of her, the one that had her doing this and was getting paid got mad at Paul. He locked Paul and Silas up. He beat them. He put them in chains. But because Paul and Silas knew God, because they knew Jesus, because they had spent time with him, Paul and them didn't sit up there and whine amongst one another. They didn't sit up there and complain and say, they didn't have to beat us like that. They didn't have to do what they'd done, but what they began to do, they began to pray together. See, that two was becoming one for Christ. They began to pray together. They began to sing songs of hymns together. And as they were coming together as one, God began to do a suddenly in their life. It was like an earthquake that began to come. Why did the earthquake come? Because in their prayers, in their hymns, they were calling on the Father. They were saying, Father, I know that you're here. We know that you're here, but show these prisoners that you're God Almighty, that you El should die. You're the Almighty God. Show them that you're the risen Savior. And suddenly, the chains fell off. Everybody in prison was being loosed. The doors of the prison began to open. God was being revealed. See, what we do, we whine too much. When we going through, we want to talk to somebody about what we're going through, and that help us to have a chill pill for a while. But when you begin to talk about the goodness of Jesus when you're going through, he's going to begin to reveal himself in the midst of your going through. He's going to begin to reveal him as a healer to you when your body is aching and in pain, when you begin to focus more on him. Then you're focused on your pain. See, pain remain when you focus on pain. But when you begin to praise God, come on, that pain can't remain. Because you praising the one that took that from you. And you're saying you don't supposed to be here. So you got to go right now in the name of Jesus. See, when you know him, and I mean really, truly know him. You're going to stand on what you know. You're not going to give up on him that quick. You're going to know, God, this is what you say. This is what you mean. You God and not say it, will Come on, neither the son. Have he not? And shall he not? What else is it? Have he not? And shall he? Come on. If we know all of that, why are we whining? Mitch, if you know all that, why are we whining? The Father know we're going to whine. Come on, he created us. He know we're going to whine. He know we're going to. But once all the whining get over, we might as well just say, Father, I just can't do it no more. He said, okay, daughter. After we done got a headache now from all the whining and all the snotting and cutting the food. Some of us think that crying releases us. It does release you from you. It releases you from you. So once you get over you, did Father say, now daughter? Yes, Lord. Have y'all ever been there and done that? All the crying don't do nothing for you. It just release you from you. And once you get over you, God said, now I can step in because it ain't about you. Then the Holy Spirit began to do a work. 
See, God want us to reveal him, but we can't reveal him when we don't know him. When you know about him and don't know him, you cannot reveal him. I want to go somewhere else that I went over. Go to John 4. See, God will take you back. What the word does is it takes you on a journey. And sometimes he take you back down the same roads that you have traveled before. He'll take you through the same scriptures that you've been over, over and over again because God want to show you something. So it's okay if you're in the same spot. You can be in the same spot, but God can give you different revelation from before. He don't give you no more than what he know you need at that time. We know in John 4, it's talking about the woman at the well. And Jesus, he was at the well with the woman because he wanted to be made known unto that woman. So he let his disciples go on about their business. And he was at the well with the woman and he was talking to the woman. And I like this, what Jesus said in verse 10. Well, verse 9. Then said the woman of Samaria, Samaria unto him, How is it that thou being a Jew ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealing with the Samaritans. So she knew him as a Jew. She knew that he was a Jew. She knew that she was a Samaritan. And they did not have dealings with each other because the Samaritans was mixed breeds. They weren't full Jew. So she knew, why are you having a dealing with me? She only knew him as a Jew, y'all. She didn't really know who he really was. So then Jesus answered and said unto her, if thou knew the gift of God. Now listen at this. Jesus answered and said unto her, if thou knowest the gift of God. Who is Jesus referring to here? God. He's referring to his father. He never leaves his father out. He said, and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink. She didn't know who she was talking to. Sometimes we hear about a person, but we have not become to what? Know that person. And then she said, thou would, he said, thou would have asked of him and he would have given thee living water. So Jesus saying, if you knew who you were talking to, you would have asked of me to give you this living water and I would have given it to you. But she didn't know who he was, so she couldn't ask for living water, this eternal life. See, this is why we have to make him known so people can know I can give you the gift of God. How do you give them the gift of God? Through the word of God, through knowing him, through making him known. Just like Evangelist Newton, when she go places, see, she's so um, into evangelism to what God has called her to do. She can't help but open her mouth. She can't help but begin to witness about him, to, you know, talk to people about Jesus because that's the call that's upon her life. So she's making him known. She's revealing him unto them through her. So if she don't know him personally, she may know about him. She ain't going to be able to do what need to be done for them to come into the kingdom of God. If you're not spending time with God and knowing him the way he need to be made known, you're not going to be able to bring nobody into the kingdom because you don't even know about the kingdom. If you don't even come in fellowship, if you don't come get into Bible study, if you're not coming to be a disciple of the nation and to learn the duties of a disciple, it's no way you're going to be able to go out there and do what need to be done because you ain't even spending time with him. You're spending more time with things of the world than knowing the things of God. 
This is why the church is so messed up. You can't have a house full of people in the, in the um, church, but nobody know him. They just say, oh, we had a full house today. Oh, the money was good. But you don't know him. You don't know him well enough to present him, to reveal him to anybody. Come on, it's enough of huffing and a puffing. All that huffing and a puffing ain't going to blow nothing down. People ain't going to do nothing to smell breath. So we need to quit doing things the world's way and do it God's way. And when they start huffing and puffing, I'm waking some of you up. Just say, I got a tic-tac, tic-tac, tic-tac. That'll calm you down. Are you woke yet? Hallelujah. Amen. So she was there with him. Jesus began to speak to her. And as he began to speak to her, and I'm going to go over here. He, he kept speaking to her in verse 15. The woman said unto him, sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Draw. Jesus said unto her, go call thy husband and come hither. Now it's getting real. Now see, she's talking to him the whole time. He's making himself known to her. He's revealing himself to her. Now he's telling her, he said, go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Now look what Jesus said. Jesus said unto her, thou hast well said, I have no husband. He said, for thou hast had five husbands. And he whom thou now hast is not thine husband. And that saidest thou truly. Now the woman perceived after then. Check it out. The more time you spend with a person, the more you know what position they hold. She said, I perceive you a prophet. So she got to know him as being a prophet. So by her getting to know him as being a prophet, guess what she's going to go tell people? I met a man that told me all about myself. So I'm going to turn on over here. After she spent time with him, this is what she did. The woman left her water pot in verse 28 and went her way into the city and said to the men, come see a man. Which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? Now check it out. She perceived him as a prophet. And the prophet was telling her stuff that she knew nobody else knew. That's a word of knowledge. A word of knowledge in the gifts of the spirit is letting you know what's presently going on in somebody's life. And they know you didn't know nothing about it. So she knew him as a prophet. But then she said, I have met the Christ. So come on. They talked long enough for her to know. I was hearing stories how he was going to come. He's Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. I have met him. So she was declaring him unto them because he was being made known unto her. So she began to reveal him. And in the meantime, his disciples, well, let me go here. Verse 33. Therefore said the disciple, I'm not going to go there. I want to go down here to the people. Let's go to 39. It says, and many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified. He told me all that I ever did. See, they knew about him, but he was not made known to them. They knew about him through who? Through her. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them and he abode there two days. Come on. They sought him because they knew about him. They saying, come on, you come speak to us. 
We want you to speak to us. So he t- two days, y'all. Come on, two days he was with them. And look what happened in two days. And it says, and many more believe because of his own word. And said unto the woman, now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves and know that he, that this indeed is the Christ and Savior of the world. This is what I'm saying. You can know about him because of what somebody else said. But when you hear him for yourself, when you open the word of God up for yourself, and you spend time with the word, you begin to know him. You begin to develop your relationship with him. God wants to be made known to you so he can be revealed to the world through you. God is not being revealed the way he needs to be revealed. Come on, y'all, let's talk about it. You got people saying they know him, but they're living a life outside of him. You got people saying that they're saved, but their lifestyle is not lining up with who he is. No, it don't work like that because there should be change in your life. When you accept him truly as your Lord and as your savior with your whole heart, come on, that's when your mouth began to speak because your heart have accepted him. And as you begin to speak about him, people are going to know that there is a change because you don't want to do or say the same things that you were doing or saying before. There is a heart change. And even if you want to say something that ain't right, and even if you say it, the Holy Spirit bring in conviction of righteousness and you begin to apologize that's how people know that you are making him known because you are knowing him for yourself but some people say they know him but they still party some people say they know him but they still want to reveal themselves unto facebook facebook has gotten so popular We're making the devil rich. How are we making the devil rich? We're dipping and dabbing. You can dip and dab a little bit and then you're dipping and dabbing all the time. Come on, it's proof in the pudding. It's always something on social media for Christians to change their mind about their first love. Because when you're on social media and you see everybody getting attention, come on, and you're still in rejection. You want some of that attention, so you're trying to do what they do. You're trying to act like they act. They put little sayings. How do I know about all these sayings? Because when you go up there, it's right there. It's right there. So see, ministries, when you have a page dealing with ministry, stuff flood through the page, and there it is right there on your page. So you seeing everything that's going on and you seeing people that's saying that they know him, but then they say, I'm going to turn it up. Or they showing pictures of where they are doing stuff outside of knowing him because they want people to see them. They don't really want them to see Christ. They want them to see what I'm doing. I can still, you know, preach and teach, but this is what's happening in my life. Come on, it's about him. It ain't about you no more. Come on, people. You got to be the mouthpiece for God and you don't have to be a prophet to be a mouthpiece for God. When you know the truth, you present truth whether or not they want to take it or not. You do what the word of God tell you to do. That's when you're making him known. Jesus always made the father known by what he did and what he said. 
And if anybody was saying God and wasn't living according to who God is, Jesus will step in. Look at the Pharisees and Sadducees. They were doing the letter of the law, but it should have been coming from the spirit. They didn't know the spirit. They only knew letter. Letter kills. The spirit gives life. He said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The spirit quickens the flesh, profit you nothing. He cannot be made known through your flesh. Flesh don't profit you anything. Some people are having fleshly services. Why? Because flesh is in the room. They're doing things in God's house that represent the flesh. And they're grabbing worldly people because they say, I found a place that I can live like I want to live and still serve God. The devil is a liar. We teach righteousness. When you teach righteousness, people don't want to come into the house of God. Because they want to do what they do, but it's not like they were not told. You got to tell people what's right. They have a choice to choose. But you still have to tell them. You don't bite their your tongue when you see that they're doing something opposite with to whom they're serving. So Jesus was telling Philip. Now look what Jesus told Philip. I'm getting right back over here to Philip. So Philip wanted him to show him the father. Now, Jesus said unto him in verse 9, I have been so long time with you. I'm going to stop right there. How many of us been saved for umpteen years and the Father still ain't been revealed? You still don't know the Father. Jesus said, I have been so long time with you. Jesus said, so long time, so long time. That's King James. <laughs> With you, Philip. I have been this long time. Y'all, let me tell you something. If you've been coming to church for 20 years, you've been coming to Bible study for 20 years, and you're getting taught right, and it still ain't changed in your life, that's your fault. Because if you're getting the food that you need, I'm going to say this. Missy, have you ever seen a cow in the pasture smaller than the other calves, as Miss Deborah say? Have you ever seen a cow in a pasture? Or you saw cows in pastures, right? You may ride by. You see big ones. You see little ones. But you see them, right? But there may be a cow in the pasture. He's smaller than the rest of them. And the rest of them fat. But there's one that's just too small. Look like he's on his last. But he's in the same pasture getting the same food. What's wrong with the cow? What's wrong with him? He's not eating. But he's been in that pasture just as long as the rest of them. Got the same birth date. Come out the same time. <laughs> Come in the same time. How is it that people are in the same body? Same house, getting the same food, and you have some so fat they're about to blow up. But then you have some so lame and act like they ain't got nothing. And people are looking at the lame ones and say, what church you go to? But you being fed. That's because the ones that's being getting fat, they're going back in the word. And they're getting more and more and more from the word. And people are seeing their life 
style is changing. The lame ones got one foot in the church and one foot in the world. See, when you feed on the word of God, you ain't going to have nothing but life and have it more abundantly. Everything you need is going to be put right before you. You don't have to struggle to get it. The blessings of the Lord makes you rich and adds no sorrow to it. Because when you're feeding on the word of God, everything you need, God lay it before you. You don't have to try to make a way to get it. God already made the way because you before him and you're not putting nothing else before him. You're seeking ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things are being added unto you. Because you're about your father's business. Even Mary and Joseph, they didn't know Jesus the way he should have been made known. She kept things in her heart, but when they lost the little boy and they went to look for him, he said, you should have known I was about my father's business. What was he saying? I was in the temple. I was learning. I was getting, you should have known where, see what I'm saying? You been with me, mother. This long and you heard what God said about me and you thought I was lost. You should have known, mother, that I'm in my father's house. Come on, some of us parents think we know our children, but we don't. The reason why we don't, because they doing their thing, we doing our thing and we saying hallelujah while they doing their thing. And then we wonder... What happened to my child? They wasn't raised like that. Sometimes you need to pick up the phones that you're paying for and check out what they're looking at. TikToks. You need to pick up and see what you're watching and why you acting like this. You in the house all the time. That's because they got devices now. They know how to work them better than us. My little Jada, y'all. Me, Ma, can I hold your phone? Jada, what you want with my phone? I want to watch videos on slime. I said, videos on what, Jada? I want to watch videos on slime. I said, Yana, what is she talking about? Me, my videos on slime. They make slime on, on the thing. I said, okay, let me put it in my phone. So I put the videos on slime. Next thing I know, I'm hearing something. I said, Jada, there ain't no slime. You better get that off my phone. Okay, me, ma. How you get over there and I left you here? People call my phone. Jada, who was that calling me? Three years old. Jada, let me hold my phone to call him back. Okay. Then I said, Jada, if you click on anything else on my phone, you ain't watching no more slime. Okay, Mima, I won't do it no more. I'm sorry, Mima. Next thing I know, she found a video with the little girl up there, found her own little dance, and Jada sitting. I said, Mima, this ain't bad. Mima, this ain't bad. Three years old. Three. At age three, I ain't know nothing about stuff like that. I don't even remember my three-year-old years. I'm telling y'all, kids, are, daddy said they're coming out watching TV. They're coming out now watching TV. Coming out with the eyes open. My babies came out like this. No lie. Kim, your baby come out with her eyes closed. You remember? Oh, okay. See, every child is different. But when they come out, they know more than you. I'm going to tell you why. 
You got some loose mamas and daddies out there. Whatever that mama do, the baby is going to come out and do it better. Y'all didn't know? Because they're hearing it in the womb. Everything that go on around that baby, that baby come out already knowing. And we're thinking, where they're getting the education from? From the womb. Come on. God created your words have power. We were created by words. Don't you know why the baby's in your womb is hearing everything? Every cuss word. Some of them come out cussing better than the mamas and daddies. Cuss you out and don't miss a... Already know. So this is what I'm saying. Whatever we become more familiar with, that's what we become. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So does he become. The more focus you put on something, that's what you're going to become. The more you think on being sick, that's what you're going to become. Because you're thinking sick, so your body is picking up on sicknesses. When God has made your immune system to be stronger and stronger every day, instead of you speaking, my immune system is stronger and stronger every day, every virus, every sickness that come to attack my body, I curse it at the root in the name of Jesus, because God is making known to you what Jesus have already done. So that means that stuff in the atmosphere cannot affect me because of who I am now that I'm in him so when it tried to affect you you begin to rebuke it and say you can't come to my house you don't lay still and take it because your next door neighbor took it you're supposed to be different you're supposed to be in the land of Goshen staying right next to Egypt Goshen's supposed to be better than Egypt where Egypt want what Goshen have they watch you People watch you and they see what you're doing and they wonder how you sitting home and all this is coming to your house because God is sending it. I can sit home and get it. Come on, my husband, when he mows lawns and stuff like that, he asks for nothing. They give it to him. Here, take this car. You can have this car. You get it out my yard. Take this lawnmower. You can, you can have this lawnmower. You get it out my yard. Then a lady opened up a whole barn. Wouldn't let nobody else get nothing out the barn. Me and my husband sitting there. She told him, you can get that right there. My husband got a trailer worth $1,200. The lady gave it to him for, I ain't even going to tell you the price. Nice trailer. One that was his heart desire. She gave it to him. But somebody started the process for my husband. I ain't going to tell you who that is. But God opened up his heart. Then God knew what else my husband needed to do what he was doing and gave him more. Y'all got to hear what I'm saying. When you stand up for God and you do what God is telling you to do, he opened people's heart. You know what this lady told my husband? She said, this man come here and he wanted it, but I ain't going to give it to him. You can get it. Older lady. Older lady. And don't think she wanted to have an affair with my husband. No. Devil is a lie. Because I'm standing right there. And then I'm standing there and she's telling me, come here. She said, you see this pottery that they make with their hands? She said, here. I said, well, what do you want for the pottery? She said, nothing. Take it. I didn't ask for nothing. 
See, let me tell you something. When you know your father, you don't have to be a beggar. Now, I'm going to say this. Some people sneaky. Inside their heart, they're trying to figure out how to beg for it, to get it. You don't have to beg for nothing when it comes to God. Just serve him. Whatever belonged to you, whoever got it, they're going to lay it at your feet. Because you're serving him. You're doing a good work for God. So God's going to make sure you have everything you need while you're doing the work for him. He's not going to have you bogged down, y'all. Nothing missing, nothing broken. When you get to know him as Jehovah Shalom, everything you need is set there before you. And some people will say, I ain't giving you nothing. You got everything. You don't have to give me nothing. My father gives me everything that I need. Because when one don't do it, God got somebody who will, who can. Don't worry about what this one don't do or what that one don't do. God got a ram in the bush. You just do what your father's telling you to do because he's made himself known to you. And by you doing what he say, you revealing them to others. When they say, how you get this? Well, come here. Let me tell you about a man. I want to tell you about a man that I have been with for such a... I'm saying my husband don't mind sharing me with him either. They're ready to go out and say I'm having an affair. That's what I want them to do. Yeah, every night. Every night while my husband sleep. Oh, we get together. It's a wonder if he don't hear the moaning and groaning. That's just how good it is. And then he whispers something in my ear. And I'm like, yes, Lord, yes. And your husband still sleep through all that. Yes. Because it's between me and my God. So when I get them all heated up, I said, let me tell you about Jesus. What? I never had that. Because you don't spend time with them. The more time you spend. Let me tell you something. Y'all, this is true. This is true. And I'm still talking about making him known. And I told you about this. I have a special recliner. It's special now. That I sit in every day. Got a desk I can sit at. But oh. I get there with Jesus. We have conversations. And I rock a little bit. Talk to Jesus. And rock and talk to Jesus. And just sit there and praise him. And just give him glory, honor. Go into the word. And got my little journal. And say. What you want to say God? Say it again. Writing what God is saying. When my daughter comes home. She got a desk. She sits in my chair all day long. Mama, it's something about this chair. When the daughter get up and we leave out the house, I come back, the dog is in the chair. (laughs) This is no lie. The alarm going off, dog ain't moved. Change clothes, change shoes, come set the alarm, dog still in the chair. Got pictures of the dog when we're not home. Ariel could not sit in the chair because the dog wouldn't get out of the chair. She's stuffed in the chair with the dog because the dog said, you ain't the only one getting blessed. (laughs) So my sister that stayed three hours away, when she come visit, the first time she sat in the chair, she just talking, talking, talking. Now my sister can hold a conversation, just talking, talking, talking. She said, where you get this chair? I said, child, I had that chair for years. I told her, she said, I ain't never sat in a chair like this. 
I say, that's the anointing you sitting in. She said, I glad feel good. Next thing I know, she was asleep. Now, daddy know my brother loved to talk. If you talk to my brother, he's going to talk you into the next day. He came to the house. He sat in the chair. He was just sitting there talking, telling me stuff. Next thing I know, I said, the boy's asleep. He said, this is a good sitting chair. I said, it's the anointing. So I told my sister, I said, I believe it's time to get rid of the chair. I got a cloth through over it, but it's, it's kind of getting old. She said, uh, can I have it? I'll just reupholster it. Don't get rid of that chair. I'll take it. What am I saying? God is being revealed through a chair. Because that's where I spend time. Y'all, come on now. Give you something else. This is funny. Husbands and wives, I know everybody have a side of the bed you sleep on. Everybody have their side. So I had my side with my husband a long time ago. He wanted that side. I gave it to him. Go ahead, take it. So now I'm on another side. He literally begs me for that side. I said, man, I gave you this side. You ain't happy over there. Now you want this? Come on, come on. Just let me get on the front just for a little bit. Just let me get on the front. I said, go ahead and get on the front. Out like a light. When the grandkids come over, who side of the bed they on, honey? When I was on the back side, they took that side. When I get on the front side, they take that side. Whatever chair I sit in, they take that side. I said, Jesus is being revealed. Thank you, God. Because those are the sides that I sit up at night, Brother Shaw. Those are the sides that I have intimacy with the Father. So when somebody else get on that side, they're like, ooh. See, I'm revealing him. You got to reveal him. You got to make him known. His presence. He's just, ooh, y'all, God is so good. Why can't I talk to you like this? Because I've been with him. Come on, when you've been with somebody, that's all you want to talk about. That's all you want to be about. And then when somebody else is talking opposite to him, come on, you're like, nope, 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 nope. That ain't right. You ain't talking right now. Now I got to come back around with this. It's time for the church to get with the Father. You got to get with him first to make him known. And he's not known outside of his word. So if you're not in the word of God and the word is in you, you cannot make him known the way he need to be made known. God said, I want to be revealed to the nation. I want people to know that I am El El Yon. I want them to know that I am high and lifted up above every God. Do you know what we're revealing? We're revealing rejection. When you pose on Facebook and you put all your business on Facebook, people don't care about you. Everybody wants somebody to see me, hear me, be attached to me. Quit getting ideals from the world from Facebook. Because you feel like you're getting your peace with other people and they don't care about you. I'll give you a test. When you really get to know God and you don't do like you used to do with those people, see where those people are. See if they cling to you then. Come on, shut them off. Shut yourself off of Facebook for a whole month and see what happens. 
See what happens. Your life is going to be changed. It's going to be transformed. We need to reveal Jesus the way people are revealing everything else. They're revealing who they are or what they think is right. How many of us are going on Facebook being with the Father and talking about the Father in a way to let people know that ain't right? It's time. If you want a miracle, be about a miracle. Come on. How can you show somebody something that you ain't experienced yourself? Come on. We got to do it through the word, y'all. Spend time in the word. The more time you spend in the word, the more he's going to be revealed in you and through you. And it won't be no isms and schisms in the body of Christ. We'll all be on one accord and everybody will have what they need through him and not through no one else. It ain't about me. It ain't about you. It's all about him. Let's reveal the father. And I still haven't finished, but I'm going to stop right there because we need to let all of this resonate and hear what God has to say unto you about him every day. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Your servant hears you. And I want to tell somebody in this room, God has not forgotten about you. You have forgotten about him. God has not forgotten about you. You have forgotten about him. God has not left you. You have left him. You chose to do what you're doing. God gave you a choice. Whatever you choose, that's your choice. But that's not God's way. So we need to quit taking things out of content. We need to go strictly by what the word says, what's written. That's what Jesus did. He said only what was written. Amen. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. (laughs) Hallelujah. And you know what, Regina? God, know your name. Ain't your name Regina? Regina? Yeah. Y'all 